Officials Podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with a dazzling weekend of Premier League soccer, guys. Um, I'm here with Dr. Pete. How are we doing, Dr. Pete? Feeling good. Fun Ken gaming. Lee. Ken Lee's here. Hey, Ken, how's it going? Good, 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 great. I was worried. It took us a while to set up here. And, of course, right in hopeful... James Lewis. James, how's the campaign going, buddy? I know you haven't conceded yet. I have not conceded. I will not concede. Uh, we're going to take this all the way to Supreme Court if we have to. Yeah, um, I, I see that Alaska is still only at 50%, so I know that that was big for you. Um, you were hoping for a big kick up um, up in Alaska. I'm big in really Alaska. I do have to say <laughs> I'm, I am uh, out of money, so please send help. <laughs> We need everything you can spare. Um, I really I thought Alaska was what you needed. <laughs> I really thought that if you could just... You're not on the big boards yet. Um, I did notice that in any Well, the that states. was never going to be with the mainstream media. <laughs> All right, Fake. James Lewis. <laughs> presidential hopeful. Uh, it is too late to send your ballots in, but... <laughs> That doesn't stop it. Uh, you know, this is all about 2024, and I know that you can take down Kanye for sure. I know Thank that. Thank you. That's the goal. We do baby steps here. Yeah, there is no platform that he's running on, per se, uh, but that's kind of what it is. It's kind of like a – it's more of a the, feeling, right? The anti-platform platform. <laughs> it's more of a feeling. We, yeah. We're running on a feeling. So, uh, guys, some soccer this week, some weird stuff this week, including our opening. Uh, we had Manchester City, Liverpool. I'm going to start with Dr. Pete here. So, 1-1 match that I wish I had bet on that scoreline because I thought about it. Um, didn't put any bet in in this game. You did bet on the scoreline. You, you lost. You lost your bet. I didn't did bet you? on the scoreline. I bet yeah. on Mane to score. Oh, that's right. And then you I got excited because I thought I saw a replay and thought he scored and you just got fouled. No. <laughs> yeah, instead it was uh, James's boy, Salah, who gets the goal. But I want to talk about this game because it was really uh, – I thought it was – it had a lot of talking points. But I thought personally, I think that City left points on the field because of KDB missing the PK. Well, that's on the just the surface level. Of course we left points on the field. That would have won the game. <laughs> John Madden comment, what you trying yeah. to say? Yeah. Real, real John Madden <laughs> comment here. Yeah, well, I think that they had better chances um, watching the replays afterwards, after watching the game in full. I, I think that's what happened. But, Dr. Pete, I'll let you start on what you thought about the game, whether or not points were left on the field, and uh, what do you think was missing? Well, I thought the first 60 minutes was great. We've had a lot of games between top six clubs lately that haven't really delivered necessarily. And the first 60 minutes was back and forth it was seemed like one team would get a spell of possession a couple of nice chances and then he'd go back the other way and I thought it was a good tactical battle I think Liverpool took it to City out of the gates for about the first 20 minutes and we're all over him and Pep adjusted put uh, De Bruyne a little higher up the pitch and De Bruyne kept finding pockets of space and I don't know why Liverpool thinks they can get away with letting him shoot from 25 yards out five times <laughs> but yeah um, I mean, is really the miss PK was the only difference between the two teams for me. Um, I think both the teams would be will be okay with the point. Obviously, City will be frustrated because they missed the PK. But um, in terms of the way the table stands, I think the results fine for each team. I do think they 
pretty much ran out of gas after 60 minutes. And I think that's actually partly due to the ridiculous schedule. Um, although Pep, I keep hearing Pep complaining that he wants five subs and yet he only uses one sub in the game. <laughs> that doesn't really make very much sense to me. Jurgen also has said the Prem are stupid for not using five subs, but he only used two. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They are complaining um, about it. The, the counterpoint to that would be that they would use more subs right. if they knew they had more subs. But yeah. before you jump in, James, I want to give sure, Ken yeah. a chance just to talk about um, finishing in this match. Um, Ken, your thoughts on the finishing from both sides and the goalkeeping and what was, what was left, the, the goals that were left on the field as well? Oh, I mean, yeah, when you have these two teams, you would think that there would be just a higher quality in the finishing. Um, I think after De Bruyne just, I mean, he doesn't just, it's not just a bad PK, he misses the goal completely. It's just like, yeah. it's unheard of. Like, I, you would never even imagine seeing De Bruyne just miss the goal completely. Like, so I, I don't know. Like, maybe it's like, it's just the same narrative, I guess. This Everyone's tired, I guess. I mean, do we get tired of saying everyone's tired? I don't. I don't know, but there's something going on. I mean, at least it was exciting to watch neutrally. I don't know how exciting yeah. it was for James, but it was neutrally exciting. To uh, Pete's point, it wasn't a another game where two top clubs just kind of pass it back and forth with each other and see what happens at the end. At least there was some uh, some legitimate, genuine chances to uh, win the game. It was just in the end missed, and you'd have to say that City missed the greatest chance to win the game because it was yeah. from 12 out but what are you gonna do yeah not a, not a lot of events in james's life can be called neutrally exciting so i think that you know for the rest <laughs> of us this is uh this is a big win for the rest of us james uh your thoughts on the match um yeah i think ken and pete both made some good points here i i, I think it it was a kind of a tactical affair i'm i'm happy that you know a lot of the times when, when we play liverpool we just get diced open with the attack. I think that I was going in, I was very interested to see how Laporte and Diaz would cope as a, as a center back pairing. And I'm pretty happy with how they did. Um, I think we limited them to a lot more fringe chances. Um, and they were, they were playing, I mean, they play with Yoda, Jota, um, Firmino, Salah, and Mane. Um, which is a pretty crazy attack. Uh, mm -hmm. I think for the most part, we coped with it well. Kyle Walker made an absolutely stupid challenge in the box on Mane to, to give them their penalty. Um, but other than that, um, I think we did fairly well. Ederson had a good solid game. I think that by the 60 or 65th minute, both teams were just completely gassed. I don't, uh, you know, Mane and, and KDB both by the end of the game just looked like they were they weren't even on fumes anymore. They were just done. Um this game gave I think Liverpool a, another issue to deal with and we'll see what comes of it. But Trent uh TAA limps off the field, which I guess looked like a calf injury. So I don't know. I, I haven't read any follow ups on that, but um they definitely don't need any more injuries this year. Uh we Dutch came Peach out reports said uh, four to six weeks. Really? I four to six. Early. I was I was thinking two to three, wow. but you know, yeah. I'm no doctor. 
I just made that up, but that's my guess. <laughs> Dr. Hey, I'll, Dr. Pete reports four to six. I'll take it. Um, All I know is he went down non-contact, held his yep. calf. Four to six is my guess. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. Don't quote me put, on that. Put put a, put some money on that with Ted. Um, I, <laughs> I thought it was really important that we had Jesus back because he, not just to have an actual striker on the field, but we key a lot of our pressing in the attacking third off of him. And we did that in this game pretty well. He also scored a pretty fantastic goal, which he absolutely meant to do. Um, yeah. He did miss a header later that was wide open, but that yeah. goal was great. That was a great goal. And if not for KDB missing the goal, missing the penalty, which I never would think would happen in a million years, we take home that game. So overall, I'm happy. We still have a game in hand on Liverpool. Um, and if we win that, we'll be within two of the top of the league. So I'm, I'm definitely could have been worse, but we did leave some points on the field, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially your point about Jesus. I mean, he did miss a sitter of a header where he was all alone. Um, he's not really a great header of the ball in general. He's not a bad header, but he's not a great one. And that was a pretty poor effort. But his goal and the turn on the goal was excellent. Really, if you want to see how a first touch can make a goal for you, you take a look at Gabriel Jesus' goal. Um, the penalty kick that was called, nothing – I don't want to get Ken started on this, but we – all of us knew when the ball was crossed in and, his, and uh, Gomez's arm was sticking out like, you know, an yeah. inch – and it hit his arm. We knew immediately it was going to be a penalty kick. We all agree it's it's stupid, but it is what it is right now. It doesn't that, matter. Yeah. They, they put out a mandate saying that the penalty kicks are supposed to be better on handballs and stuff. We all knew that. Well, that I, you know that one I think I mean, that one I think is one they called this basically the same thing in the Leicester game, except the Leicester game he was a lot closer to the person kicking the ball. Yeah, you're whipping that cross in. You you can't have that hit your arm away from your body. You're you're denying that ball. And his going hand was at his shoulder. That's yeah. that's not worth point eight yeah. goals. It's yeah. not. I, I know the no, rules, but say I would it say is. like on this particular instance that yeah. his hand was at, his fingers were above his shoulder. I mean, that's in a your hand is that's not naturally where your hand is. So I would say like, his, 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 his hand's extended. Hand his hand is his arms extended. That is a handball, though. Yeah, it's a handball. I'm with Pete. I just don't think it should count for almost a full goal. I mean, we've been saying that all year, and there's a hundred of these that have happened. Well, it's not that particular penalty. instance that counts for a full. It's not that particular instance that counts for a full goal, and it's not that particular use of VAR. The referee should have. Like, there was no need for even VAR to get involved. The referee should have seen that as a handball. It was clear and as day. Called it. Yeah. I think the handball my, my rule was that that you know you have these handballs like that. That's a perfect example where you don't deserve a goal yeah. because. That hit that guy's hand. Well, look, he he yeah, had time one to one. Yeah, but he had I time to try and draw his like arm out of the way. The PK. Yeah, he had time to try and draw his arm out of the way. He didn't do that I effectively. Mean, De Bruyne, but his arm is out there in so fast that you know he was like can't, he's jumping up in the air and and it's more about like trying to keep your balance. Uh, yeah, yeah, I but, agree. With that. You know, if you get uh-huh. good at doing that. Can you just do that with impunity under this? Like, okay, my arm is in this zone. I can block the ball with my hand now. I don't think it's like that. I would that. rather have it be like it used to be where they didn't call every single thing that hit a guy's hand. And and the goals were, you know, you'd say, well, you'd argue, but 
I'd rather them not get a PK than they get a PK and it affects the game much more than it should. Like you have two top teams here and you have a handball deciding potentially the game. I think like back in the day that cross. gets called That's a penalty. Stupid. I think back in the even back in the day that gets called yeah, I, a penalty. Agreed. I think VAR is just like kind of an innocent bystander being blamed for this when it really was not even supposed to be used. It was now, to me it was so clear. Now I think the Lester one is more of a case for for you for your argument, Tom and Pete. The Lester one, he's Absolutely. five yards away and it's blasted into him. Yeah. There's no time to react. Joe Gomez is jumping to block this cross and his arm is extended. I think and he tries to move his arm out of the way. It's above his shoulder. Yeah. But you guys are going by the technical rules of it. I think what I think, and I don't know if, if Pete's on the same page as this, is that this is goal, the handball rule was made to make it so that you couldn't block a ball from going in the yeah, net with exactly. your hand. It's not no. made to, to, to like, like, Yes, and it's, it's not just for going to stop the ball stop from to deliberately starting stop the ball from... with your hand. He was like, deliberately I... stopping the ball from a goal scoring opportunity, though. If that happens in the middle of the field, is it is it a is it a free kick? If that yes. happens in the middle, one hundred percent, that is yes. <sighs> I, I don't know, I don't know, but any, anyway, they're calling so, it all the time. They are calling it. I, I don't doubt that. We all knew it was going to be a penalty kick. I, I'm just not really sure that it is. But no, I'm talking about in the middle of the field, they're calling it like. Yeah, that's a that's a whistle in the middle of the field. What do you, you play on after that? In the middle yeah, of the field? No, I don't you know. don't. I don't know. But dude, they call a handball in the so middle of the are, field. What are your what are your chances of, of what are your chances of scoring if that ball swings in the box? Well, like we can't you know. It was one denied. Expected goal. Well, yeah, we but don't I'm saying if you have a hand. good cross, if you have a good cross that's that's pinged in the box, your chances mm-hmm. of scoring are like point one. Expected so goals. You need to make sure so you're, you're not putting your hand out there. Eight. You're rewarding him <laughs> point eight goals for that. So don't stop yeah. the ball with your hand. Well, maybe what, what Dr. Pete is hinting at is the idea of getting a free kick or an indirect free kick from that point yeah, inside the box. Something else other than because the handball rule is made to keep people from playing goalie. That's that's what not the only reason for. the handball was made. That's why it was original. Well, so now what you're talking about. So now what you're what you're proposing is changing the the rule of a foul inside of the box completely. Not a foul. Yeah, maybe I am. So or if the ball is not directly going into the ball. Fouls are foul. always, always okay, so, more. Okay, so if we go on the argument the with the cross. If we go on the argument Okay. Well let's just use the argument of the cross. You're saying it's a point one chance of scoring a goal. What is the chance of you scoring a goal when you're in the the bottom corner of the of the box, and you get taken out from behind. What what is the chance you score a goal from that position? Because that's could, a PK every time. Should so that you could be, be dribbling. So there's no known there's no there, known answer for that because you can dribble and do all kinds of stuff. You get taken you, out, you can't do that. There's no known answer for what happens when you cross the ball in if it gets blocked well, by someone's they, hand. I don't know. I mean, we're I, giving I, penalties for everything. I'm not, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. Need to find a way. Actually, it's ruining the game. Yeah, we need to find a way to limit penalties. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. I think the Lester one is the is the good example for you guys. I think this one is a penalty. Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> you guys got the penalties. I'm biased, but that's <laughs> yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Uh, okay, so one-to-one in this one, guys. I thought the uh, last thing I'll say about it is I thought the driving rain was pretty cool. Um, I love that <laughs> yeah, in that big matches. Fun. Uh, it yeah. just It adds an element to everything. There weren't enough, like, 10-foot slide tackles. No, and that was weird. They, they they did mention 
the announcers were like, well, we saw the uh, groundskeepers out here before the game started, like watering down the field. He was like, I guess they <laughs> didn't read the weather report because <laughs> it started <laughs> pouring on them. <laughs> yeah, maybe they wanted it to be slick so that uh, Liverpool can. What about go Pep's cashmere sweater? Well, yeah, total ruin. That smells like a dog. He's good for it. Yeah. It's all stretched out, throw it in the trash. He actually gets five contractually gets <laughs> five a, a year. Yeah. <laughs> he gets five a year contractually. So he when, every time you see that, he busts it out about five times. Those are all new. Yeah. He uses yeah. them, throws them away. They're disposable. <laughs> oh, this one thousand dollar cash. Yeah. I thought you were serious for a minute. Like I <laughs> uh, vote for James. All right, guys. So we're gonna move on to the next match here. Um, so the weather's getting a little cooler, guys, and you probably noticed this in the games. That cold rain looked miserable in Manchester, probably like, you know, 50 degrees and raining. Just the worst is coming out. So the cold weather means, guys, well, you know what it means, Dr. Pete. You know what it means. What does it mean? Long Aston Villa long? 3, Arsenal 0. Oh. As it's the Arsenal um, I'm glad oh, that your man. dumb joke <laughs> fell completely flat on the group. <laughs> Oh, I like it even more because of that. He had us all the way. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Yeah, Aston Villa, uh, Wonder Kid, Bakayo Saka with a goal in this one to start it off in the 20th minute. Um, and then from there, uh, an Ollie Watkins alert <laughs> as he scores twice to end the match in the 72nd and 75th minute. After the match, Arteta said that they were outplayed in every area. Um We'll start with Dr. Pete in this one. Your thoughts on the driving rain in Arsenal's match as well. I mean, I don't know if it would have helped them if it was played under any conditions. But this was uh, shellacking the worst start of Arteta's career, worst performance of his career. And it comes at a bad time. I mean, they had some real nice momentum after the Man U game and if they went into the break having won this game I think they would have been very happy um, as an opposing side who does not like Arsenal when I saw the 3 nothing score line I couldn't help but smile because it was entertaining and <laughs> now they're a negative one goal differential yeah James um, you, you know that I know uh-huh. what it's like to lose right before the international break and then mm-hmm. you have all, everybody just they mull over the same matches because there's nothing else to do. Uh, Arsenal with some nice momentum leading up to this game, like Dr. Pete said. Do you think this affects that at all, or is it just a blip? Because it seems like every team this year, every team is having these games where they just they play really badly, and they lose by three and four goals. And I think the idea is that you have to get back on the horse right away. You just can't afford to slide from there. I think, you know, there's a couple things going on. One, yeah, this this league season, I think we've said it a couple times uh, on the pod now, it seems like any team can muster up a win any week. It's yeah. everything's super close. And mm-hmm. what I think, and I agree with what you're saying, Arsenal, one, this is a local derby, so, you know, the fans aren't there, but there's a lot of... of emotion and intensity to it and especially for the smaller team Aston Aston Villa but this just magnified I think a lot of the issues that we've been talking about uh, for Arsenal even when they've been winning so you know they won the United game 
through a penalty, they still looked ineffectual in attack. They and we go, we fast forward to the Aston Villa game. Aubameyang is still shunted out to the left. Still, you know, they're not they are not able to string any great moves together. And in the end, they're having to rely on Pepe crossing the ball into the box to nobody. Uh, you know, and unfortunately for them, um, Partey got injured in this one. And I didn't get a Dr. Pete update on the on the Partey situation. But <laughs> I'm going to assume he's going to stay four to six weeks. And that's not he's good for Arsenal either. Healed. He's healed? <laughs> he's healed. He's healed. Okay, well, he's healed. Okay, fine. Well, that's good because I think we started to see Arsenal turn a little bit of a corner here. And they they had defensive, you know, they, they were – they were solid in defense. They were at least stabilizing things, even if they weren't creating a lot in this game, it all fell apart. Part eight goes off the field and Aston Villa were just slicing through Arsenal whenever they wanted to. Graylish looked great. The Ross Barkley looked like, you know, that that's the Ross Barkley that got him a move to Chelsea. I don't know what happened at Chelsea, but this rock Ross Barkley was up for this game and looking dangerous throughout the entire thing. Arsenal had no answer for him. And Ali Watkins alert. He hasn't been scoring yep. when he should be scoring, but he's he's playing he's well. With looking good, like revitalized. He's powerful, bringing the ball forward through midfield. He's setting up goals. He's working great with Graylish. And Arsenal had no answer. They had no answer in midfield. They had no answer in attack. And they were just really stagnant and on their heels in defense the entire time. This is the worst way for Arsenal to go into an international break. All right, Ken, it's your turn to rebuttal. Your thoughts on the match as a whole and whether or not it means anything. Um, I think whether or not it means anything or whether or not it can be a blip is just going to be really based off of of Arteta and what he can do in the next, what, I mean, 10, 12 days. We have another dumb international break coming up. So we'll see what happens. Um, traditionally, this would be uh, – j- it's part and parcel for Arsenal, honestly, to go away at Manchester, win, and then come back home to Aston Villa, lose three to nothing, and never look into it. I mean, without the VAR reversing it, this game's four nothing. Potentially worse than that because they scored under two minutes into the game. I mean, I think my only my issue with it, it's not defensively. I knew there was going to be an issue defensively. If you would have told me two months ago that this Arsenal team would have an issue simply putting the goal, the ball in the back of the net. That would be the least of my concerns. I'm starting to get very, very concerned of whether or not Arteta knows exactly what to do with the attacking players that he has because it is not it. It's very it. Us not scoring goals is more scary than us leaking goals because leaking goal. I've learned to deal with Arsenal leaking goals over the last six or seven years, but. Scoring goals has typically not been the problem. So I think Arteta now has a chance to to change what this would normally be for Arsenal, which would be a, a huge slide of several bad losses and draws um, and have to limp ourselves into you know the top half of the table. So I'm hoping that he can uh, galvanize our boys and uh, you know get a win immediately and just just forget it. And 
Uh, let's not take anything away from Aston Villa. I mean, Aston Villa, they've now this season, they've been known to do it this season. So yeah. um, they've got enough. Uh, they've got enough of the pieces to uh, to put a skull dragging on somebody when, when they're up for it. So do they? I'm not taking that doesn't make me yeah, feel they do. They, about it. But they they do. Villa, Villa. Oh, I'm sorry. Liverpool. I thought he was talking yeah. about Arsenal. I mean, it's two, two beating. <laughs> I mean, Aston Villa right now, with seven games played, which is a game in hand against most of the other teams in the league, plus nine with 15 points. If they were to win their game in hand, they would be in first place. So, um, yeah, I, I I'll tell you what, they got a bargain uh, for Martinez at 20 million in goal. Yep. And Barkley. And, and Barkley. Barkley. Yeah. But Martinez is huge for them. Having stability at goalkeeper. I mean, you guys have seen what had happened to Sheffield. And Ollie Watkins looks like he's worth. They paid a lot for Watkins, but yeah, he looks like he seems to be playing out of his it. mind. And for them, you know, guys, we we talk in these early days about teams that are are flying high, competing for first and stuff. But you know, being being seven eight matches in, most of these teams are going to fade. Uh, it is a weird year, so we could see a team win the league with eighty points or something. But I think we can all agree it's not going to be Aston Villa. But if they 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 are a relegation team they're fighting relegation so this is a, a time when you have a team like this and you're just trying to get to 40 points and then you know if you get to 40 points in like january or february or march or something i mean and you're you're in the clear like you're playing with house money and you can really start thinking about where you're going to finish but right now a team that only got um out of relegation last year because of a var error I mean, you, you have to be like elated with the way they're playing. And, you know, I hope they do well. I hope they finish, well, not above Man United, but uh, I hope they finish in, in a competitive spot. Uh, so just racking up points right now and, and keeping hold of them is big towards their goal of not getting relegated. Yeah. I, I think they've done, they've done a lot of the work to set that up already. I mean, obviously, we're only, they're only seven games into the season, yeah. but I mean, I, and I, you know, I probably maybe I should have looked at where they were seven games in the last season, but I don't think it was at 15 points, no, uh, or or anywhere near it. I mean, they've got six or seven really good players. They've got Grelish, Watkins, Barkley. Yeah, Trezeguet is not bad. Mm, Mings yeah. is good. Martinez is solid in the goal. So I mean, they could. Uh, I'd be shocked. Yeah, if they I mean, relegated based might be on the second best team playing. in London behind Chelsea right now. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, I think that they are – I mean, this is what I'm talking about. When you're in form, you have to get these points going because we saw – we always see this. Sheffield United, even um, Norwich last year after they beat Man City, were on a good-looking roll, and then they just, just, just fell apart in the second half of the season. So you don't know how the second half is going to go. You just have to get as many points as you can when you're a relegation battler so you don't have to worry about that 40 mark. And if they're much better than that, we're wrong. Good for them. Um, but right That's now, the situation sure just, United are in right now too. Just get the 40, avoiding huh? relegation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, we can go into that game. <laughs> Manchester United, Manchester United three, uh, league leaders Everton one. United with a massive a in terms leader. of um, the chemistry and the feeling around the club. A massive win. Yeah, Everton was in first place. No, they were not. Yeah, <laughs> fine. They were in the first place last week. Before all the games. Yes, they were. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. <laughs> they were. <laughs> they were. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, before last Look, week. Sometime 13 this points. Season, this week, guys. Two weeks sometime ago. Before they lost. Before they lost. Eight the table. Table. We've got 17. Right. Pool's got 17. Sometime this season. <laughs> it was well, it, after the fourth game. 20 people have been the in top. first place since the last since week. The fourth game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Manchester United 3. Everton 1. Um, United go down here, which is a shock to everybody. They go down early, 19 minutes in. And that's where when you're a United fan, you're like, oh, my God. Like, if – if we get if we get trounced again, what's gonna happen? Like, are they gonna are they gonna fire Ollie? Are they gonna? Is everybody gonna flip out? All I know is the international break when you lose is miserable. It's absolutely miserable. The last international break we lost uh, six to two to Tottenham, six to one to Tottenham. So that was an absolutely miserable international break, especially for a United fan because like half the headlines are about one. United anyways, and especially when they're bad. It's like you got Craig Burley on ESPN talking about Ali out. It's like, you know, Craig Burley writing up all these fake like manager names and stuff and talking about how <laughs> like, he saw Pochettino in a cafe or something with with Woodward. Like you got all this crap that comes up. So to win this match, get back on track a little bit and actually look good was big for United. Um, Bruno with a great game. Scores non-penalty kick goals, James Lewis. Um and scores well one one of them was a cross, <laughs> yeah. so Rashford yeah, cross uh, that, missed it. That Rashford missed. It was it a, was a nice cross. cross. Yeah. Uh, probably should have been headed in to be honest with you. I mean, it was like set up on a plate. It was a nice Rashford cross. was like six two, um, but none of the United players really know how to head the ball. Pog was six two also and never wins headers. Uh, and then United he doesn't know how to look of, up. <laughs> that could be United. Uh, get a little bit of flattery on the score line in the ninety fifth. With a counter attack. alert. <laughs> with a uh, Falcao lookalike, Edison Cavani. Um, I'll let you start, James. I got my points in. Does this game mean a resurgence? I know you're excited about Ali staying on. You always say that. So I'm sure that's good for you. This was a big game for Ole. He uh, is going to earn himself a new contract off of this, and I couldn't be more pleased for him. But. <laughs> But in reality, uh, after that really bad loss in Turkey to whatever their name is, um, <laughs> there goes our Saksha here. The Saksha here. They <laughs> they needed something because everyone in that game looked terrible, and Fernandez yeah. got yanked off after like the 65th minute or whatever, 70th minute, whatever he got pulled off the field, mm-hmm. and it was bad. Right. Yeah. I and and yes, even though I want Ole to st- stay on, my hope was that United would come into this game still down from that game and get trounced because I love it when United lose. <laughs> I know you do. Um, yeah, love it. And and this was this was super important at not just winning. Like, I, I don't think if they had like kind of stumbled over the line with a victory, it means that much. Uh, this was emphatic, and they played well. Bruno Fernandez played well, which was important, and they got Cavani on, uh, and he scored a goal. I mean, it was and it was a tidy finish. It was a good finish, and that's what you expect from Cavani. And if they get him integrated into the team and working, I mean, that's a that's a big thing for them. So I don't know if he go, if he's getting selected for the national team these days, or if they're even traveling, or what it is, but. If he takes these next two weeks and works on gelling with the rest of the team, I think it's it's a good sign for United. It's a good sign for people that 
want Ole to stay on. Like uh, you. Like me. And <laughs> uh, it's bad news for teams like Arsenal, who are going to be competing with United for 10th place. <laughs> oh, James, you're so silly. You're so silly. Your team is how many points above us? Just checking. Uh, <laughs> two with a game in hand. Uh, we have the same game in hand, so it's still two. Um, yeah. Uh, we have and, three, uh, more goal, three better goal difference than you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So uh, <laughs> you were talking about uh, contracts. Well, you know, Ali might Shut earn up. his and he would accept his, whereas it looks like Pepe's waiting to, to head off to Barcelona with their new uh, regime. So that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a victory that. for United. If Pep left, how would that not be a victory? It, Ole staying because you could be getting Poch instead. But yeah, we'll so. see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, Pete, anything to add to that? Uh, I thought it was a huge win for United. If they lost this one, then you would have had two weeks of headlines, like you said, and they legitimately would have been in trouble. Um, in terms of getting enough points to get into the to the top four, but they've had a rough stretch of games overall. So th- this schedule softens up. The timing's good. I think in this one it was really it was really about the number of tens. Bruno was terrific, and Jaimez was non-existent. I think yeah. he got pulled off after seventy minutes, and he Terrible. was didn't create anything. And uh, Everton really need him, especially. Everton really suffers without those guys, two guys that got red cards. And Pickford is just terrible. terrible. He <laughs> freaking jump kicked um, Harry Maguire in the stomach <laughs> after coughing the ball up. Uh, that was such a bad play. He deserved, they deserved a PK just because Pickford was so bad. On the he play. looks like he's Even having an anxiety attack like every time the ball comes near him. <laughs> Just panic, just panic in his face. Well, you guys know what Southgate, the England manager, said this week, right? Like, oh no, Pickford's our number one. No one's, uh, no one's challenging. No one's really even. Uh, yeah, no one's even really. No real challengers here. Yeah. This throne. Meanwhile, like Dr. Pete said, the Everton backup is licking his chops to take over for a guy with a save percentage in the last two years of about sixty percent. So yeah, I don't think that's very good. Uh, Ken, anything else to add to this to the Everton Man United? Oh match? no, it's already been said. Um, I think. More than Man United. More than bigger for United, it's bigger for Ole. I don't think that he would have been able to survive an international break if he were to have lost this game. So um, that's good. It's good news for everyone. Good news for you. Good news for us. Yeah, I'd really like to clean that. When are we cleaning this game in hand up, James? Do you know? know? Because no, like, I... it is a huge cramp. It's a big deal to not have that game in hand. Uh, it, I don't know, think they've scheduled it. I don't think they've scheduled it at all. It's it's Maybe it us, you, Villa, and Burnley. Yeah, have this game in hand. Ooh, Burnley. Maybe we can just maybe we'll just get like a double header. What do you think? I guess. Double header at some point. Just be like, oh yeah, so United's going to play at nine and eleven, um, and they're going to get both <laughs> games in. And be like, might as well at this point the way they schedule. The English English sports fans do need to get introduced to the idea of a doubleheader and how <laughs> ridiculous they really are. You want to go sit in the stadium for six hours? <laughs> Here you go. Pete, were you, did you come with me when we did the doubleheader with the Orioles and the Giants? This is awful. 
just no, I would never go to two baseball games in a row. <laughs> it was awful, man. Yeah. It was terrible. It was like one was at three, and then the second one started at like 7.30, and, and you were so tired of baseball by then, but you just yeah. you paid for it, so you got to sit through it. And it's like you, you smell and you smell like flat beer and soggy peanuts. And well, that's you're just sitting in a that's just because Bugs is sitting right next to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bugs passed out in the eighth inning, and you're just like got a whole other game where you have to keep him upright. <laughs> yeah. He's purple from being sunburned. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget. And shivering. He is, he is sun because of the sun point. <laughs> Can we get uh, an ambulance? <laughs> no, that's, he's fine. He'll be fine. All right, guys, we are way, way off track here as we end up in American sports that no other nation watches. Um, so, guys, let's talk about the next match here. Dr. Pete, um, Tottenham with a crucial squeaker. I, I've said this a million times. I love squeaker wins. One zeros, two to ones where you're playing a terrible team and you get outplayed. I think those are important. And I think it's very true to how Jose likes to pick up points, Dr. Pete, and getting a goal, a late goal, and another another shutout, I think that's a big deal. Yeah, I personally like six to one eviscerations of rivals, but <laughs> okay. I will take <laughs> okay. a one nothing crappy victory over a bottom of the, the uh, table team. Actually, this is our third in a row where we could have dropped points pretty easily and came out with a third victory. Um, There's really not much to say about this game other than we have a really ridiculous schedule coming up, and if we don't play better than we've been playing the last three games, we're going to get destroyed. We've got City, Chelsea, um, Arsenal, then we play Palace, and then Liverpool. So, Well, at least you have two easy games before the pool game. (laughs) I don't know about that. We'll talk about Chelsea in a minute. But yeah, I think I agree but, with that. Uh, got some work to do, and Harry Kane to the rescue again. He's having, again, he's still the best player in the Prem this year so far. Yeah, gets he, a late winner, nice it. header. The uh, that's a classic tactic, James. If you saw the goal where they just bomb the ball forward, and Harry runs in front of the goalkeeper and flicks it over his head. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, you and I. Did some pretty fancy stuff like that in our co-ed late marriage. Our co-ed know? indoor league. Yeah. <laughs> they we, like, I didn't know you were allowed to head it. <laughs> yeah. We tried that play probably a hundred times and scored once. Um, but we were dangerous. Didn't stop us from trying, yeah. And we were dangerous uh, every single time. Well, that reminded me, I think it was interesting. So now I understand how Mourinho is playing Harry Kane. Harry Kane is Mourinho's updated Fellaini. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Fellaini he, never completed a pass more than he's playing dual. Feet. He's playing dual. Well, he's he's the better upgraded version. He's having him play <laughs> the the deeper lying Fellaini. The att- <laughs> you know when Harry Kane comes back to midfield to pick up the ball and distribute, except he can actually distribute. But then he's also having him play late game. I need a point. Well, I need a goal, Fellaini, which is to peg him up against the, the goalie. The cross was and... from 20 yards out. This wasn't like a 40-yard bomb, you idiot. <laughs> I miss Fellaini. I miss Fellaini. I just want to talk about marijuana Fellaini. I just don't want people to forget. To I just don't want people to <laughs> You're forget. You're so stupid. All right, let's never, move. Never forget. Let's move on. Uh, I, I wanted to bring this up earlier, but it didn't, it didn't come about naturally. 
Um, Chelsea four, Sheffield United one, and Chelsea is really, really playing well. They listen to the pod. We already talked about that. Frank mm-hmm. listened to the pod, and they've had let's see, one, two, three, four clean sheets in a row. I think. And they've and they haven't they scored like three or four goals in all those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about all of them. Goal differential. Yep. Uh, the Man United Chelsea game they didn't score, and the game before that. Sevilla, they didn't score, but they've held one, two, three. They've actually had five clean sheets in a row. Um, and I think that they they didn't get a clean sheet in this one, obviously. Sheffield scored. But coming into this match with the Reigns game um, in the midweek, 3-0, and then mm-hmm. they score four here, and they're, they're just playing a whole lot better. You were talking about easy matches. But I, I think that Chelsea is starting to establish themselves by just having a little more balance as they play. They realize that they have, like, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of talent <laughs> running up top, and they don't need Conti to be the one to be on the end of crosses, and they're allowing yeah. him to play defense. So yeah. they're yeah. dangerous, and they're playing really well, James. They are playing super well. I told Iraq that we were going to have to give Chelsea some credit in this one. Um, and it's really crazy how it all started with replacing your goalkeeper and yes. spending yeah. $250 million. But yeah, that too. But I mean, they—they've Chelsea had a talented team last season. The, you know, they—they've always had the attacking talent. Uh, there's just something about not having to worry about every shot on your goal going in because you have a tiny little flapping goalkeeper back there who <laughs> has zero confidence and <laughs> you tiny know, he couldn't flapping goalkeeper. <laughs> he couldn't like he couldn't stop a he couldn't stop an old lady from hopping a turnstile to get on the subway. He is he, he he's but Mendy is Mendy's so much better commanding presence back there. They've got Thiago Silva. It looks like he has He's totally comfortable. I mean, he's he, physically he is a beast. Yeah, he's huge, and he is a great center back. I think the concern that we all had was, is the speed of the league going to be too much for him? He's coping with it, and and making the entire back line of Chelsea look look solid. So, you know, Conte being able to play defensive mid again and break up attacks, I, he's worked it all out. He only needed a little bit of help, maybe only a couple episodes of us telling him. <laughs> how to do it but he got there fat frank got there and uh yeah chelsea look dangerous they always look like they're going to score and now they're keeping go- they're keeping the ball out of their own net i think it's you know it's early but they're they're looking very dangerous i'm a little bit worried yeah i would agree with that i am worried and i'm glad that we played them at a time when they were kind of in between in in terms of uh comfortability and they were still working their new goalie in. And now can I feel like playing them, if you're off by a little bit, I mean, it could be in the 20th minute and you're down 2-0. Right. Well, it's got to be even just slightly comforting to go off what James was saying, to know that not every shot's going in the back of your net. And two, when your keeper now blocks that shot, you've got 250 million pounds to take it up the field. And just smash these teams that you should be smashing. So I, I think that scoring four goals and multiple goals against the, the teams that they've been scoring against, it's gonna turn into the only downfall of this is gonna it's gonna turn into the expectation at Chelsea. And when it stops happening, that's when you can 
maybe start seeing, uh, you know, well, well, what are they doing? They've, they've been doing it this whole time. Why can't they score these goals all the time? Why can't they do it all the time? There's going to be that at level of expectation because of the amount of money spent. I think that in the beginning we were talking about, you know, good players, but we don't know the value right now. The value is there. Goals are coming. When the goals come, nobody cares. So good for them. Scoring, uh, scoring when they want and making these games easy. And when you can do that, you know, week to week is, uh, not so bad. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Dr. Pete. Uh, I would just say, you know, Chelsea's playing really well and have strung some great performances together, but they haven't really beaten anybody yet. They lost a pool. Um, they lost to, or they tied United. Both teams they lost, lost to Tots B team in the <laughs> Carabao Cup. So they've benefited a little bit from an easy schedule, just like Tottenham has. So they've got, I'd like to see what they do against the big boys. But I mean, I'm, you know, watching them play, I'm concerned about playing them. I think they've figured things out a little bit in the back, and I think they're going to cause trouble. Yeah, not not super psyched about it. They're also, you know, doing fine in the Champions League. Um, it's not good to watch one of your competitive rivals start putting together good good performances as they start to organize their defense. I'll have to take another look at the stats on this one, but I think that they're not playing – as much they're not having their goalie try to be uh, an Ederson type. Um, like, uh, I guess that's the reason they had Kepa in the goal. I don't know. I mean, I can't figure out why else they would have him because he could play with his feet, sort of. But I think now um, Mendy isn't as comfortable with his feet as you saw in the United game when he almost mm-hmm. passed the ball in his own goal. So they're playing a more <laughs> they're playing a more direct style, and they're eliminating the opportunity for those um, those you know, dumb mistakes. And I wonder as the pendulum swings back over tactically away from Pep's idea of playing out of the back all the time, you know, cause not every goalie can do both can, can play with their feet and play actual shot stopping goalie, i.e. Kepa again. And now mm-hmm. you have a goalie who is a more direct keeper, but they're not putting any pressure on him to mm-hmm. run the team through him. And I think that's a, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I agree 100. percent Not every keeper has to be able to pick out passes and play with their feet. I mean, whatever. If you have to kick it back to the goalie, let him boot it up the field. You're, I think you you can do that now too because you have confidence with Conte playing the way he was born to play. Yeah, you can have confidence, especially you know, and contextually too, especially against a team like Sheffield United, who let's mm-hmm. talk about how bad they've been. Uh, they yeah, they have, one point. They are terrible. <laughs> uh, they have one point in eight matches, which is the tied for worst start in Premier League history, I believe. You guys remember a few years ago, um, De Boer's, uh Swansea, I believe, was zero and seven, and then I think they picked up a point in the next match. Yeah, that was when uh, that was when De Boer was talking smack about Jose Mourinho like a year later, and Jose Mourinho was like, "Wait a minute." This guy's talking smack about me. He is the worst Premier League manager in history. Like, how can he talk about me? The, at that point, DeBoer was a pundit. Um, and it was one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, that guy was 0-7. They didn't score during those seven matches either. So that's, that's not good. But Sheffield United, we talked earlier about Martinez. 
we'll call him Martinez again, just for you. Martinez, since the British refused to call him Martinez. He uh, stabilizing Aston Villa, a team on the edge of relegation last year. And Sheffield United, conversely, lost Dean Henderson, who was a big part of what made them competitive last year and kept them far from relegation. Now they have, uh, what's his name, Ramsdale? And he he's not a terrible keeper, but you need something special. Right now they don't have it, and they're in big trouble. So uh, moving on real quick, James, uh, I don't want anything. I just want you to describe the next match in three words. And then we'll move on from it. This is Brighton versus Burnley. Brighton, 19 shots. Burnley, four. Uh, what would you like to say in three words? Three words. Burn it down. <laughs> Find a bridge. <laughs> this is, uh, uh, to me, these are, this is the... You don't you know, have to get you, into it. You know, really you know, everyone, you know everyone just hopes, like... <laughs> Just wishes that like Florida would just kind of like fall off the United States and drift down to the ocean. I, I there, think there goes that, Florida. <laughs> yeah, I think that that everyone, everyone, I even don't know even <laughs> just for just for the just because of the people in Florida. Oh God, we the uh, Burnley Burnley is the British equivalent, and everything they touch is just it needs to be dealt with. All right. <laughs> uh at three beards pod um <laughs> if you want to get at us for that or anything else and i'll make sure that james gets it uh besides that guys fun champions league action throughout the week um i don't want to really touch base on too much stuff real madrid has been pretty dreadful but i don't want to really describe those matches until we get a little more of a clear picture on the champions league they're not out of it until they're out of it, so I don't think that's worth talking about. But let's talk about Lazio real quick, James. Can you, break, <laughs> can you, can you give us the breaking news from Lazio? All right, so <laughs> Lazio uh, have put themselves in an interesting situation here. Mm-hmm. They apparently forged the results of their COVID tests. Uh, they had Lucas... Um, Leva, the uh, former, former Liverpool, Liverpool play, mm-hmm. uh, Ciro Mobley and and Strakosha uh, test positive for COVID, right? Uh, but they hid it from their team and went and played their game against, uh, I think it was against Juve. Mm-hmm. Um, which in this climate is, I mean, it's completely unacceptable. And especially in Italy, where they they had a very 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 mm-hmm. bad time with COVID. I mean, it was a it it you know as much or more than anywhere else in the world, right? And so, they had rightly, a death rate floating at ten percent real early yeah. uh, for the first few months, which is insane. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, so so they're uh, you know rightly so very sensitive about the the situation there. So th- this guy, uh, and I actually want Pete to read. Um, <laughs> the quote that he found from Claudio Latito, who is the president of Lazio Football Club. Pete, could you do the honors? Uh, I can, James. Hold on, let me find it here. Oh, there it is. <laughs> please, please don't read it like. Quote, it's like a magic trick. What's that about being positive? Is it contagious? <laughs> but there are bacteria in. <laughs> of women all over the world and that does not mean that they are pathogens he argued our doctors evaluated Immobile and he has a better lung capacity than before 
Why can't he play against Juventus? There are differences in the interpretation of results, and I asked the Federation to centralize the test so that we have the same parameters for everyone. He is insane. <laughs> so nuts, man. <laughs> and uh, I I think they I haven't talked. Talk- I love the Italians. They're hilarious. It's just man. amazing. I, like, why? Boy. what are you talking about? <laughs> this guy, I, I, they, I don't think they've announced any action uh, that they're going to, what they're going to do or not. But, I mean, this is like, I, I, I don't know if they're going to get relegated. I don't think they'll get relegated, but, you know, we've they seen really with the American sports when teams uh, aren't following rules. In the NFL, in the NFL, they get, I mean, we're talking about a quarter of a million dollars worth of fines for NFL teams that are, where the coaches take their mask down to scream in the very, like, four inches from the ref's face. Um, the <laughs> Spit Raiders, it in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, the Raiders just lost the draft pick, which yeah, is a really that's big insane. deal. But that, I think that's, the, I think this is much worse, right? Yeah. I mean, not only did they test positive, but then they went and played and were around. And, and if I'm Juve, I'm furious because Juve is, you know, they're, they're odds-on favorites to win every single year. What happens if, I was going to say Ronaldo, but he already had COVID. I mean, what happens if you spit in the face of, you know, one of the other players, one, one of their top players, all of a sudden you've, you've affected the title race. You know, it's and, like, and, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, I mean, and even more than that, I mean, any one of these players, I mean, yes, they are all young, healthy athletes, right? Yeah. But they, they Everyone's going to react differently to this. I mean, what? Yeah. It's a, it could you could put one of their lives at risk. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, so or, that's or why I think members, it's like yeah. I mean, every like if anything happens to those UVA players, and even if it doesn't, I mean, I gotta imagine there's lawsuits being drafted up right now. Absolutely, 100%. yeah, it'll be really They're interesting to see by... the fallout. <clears throat> there's gonna be so much political momentum to to destroy them. They're gonna. I would be surprised if they didn't get docked and fined and everything else. I don't think they'll get relegated. I think that that would be pretty crazy, but everything but relegation is yeah. on the table. I, I could see, I think it'll be points. Um, they've done that before where they'll take six, eight points away or whatever. And, and if you're Lazio, you know, they aren't necessarily title contenders, but they're definitely champions league contenders. Um, so that, that hurts them really badly. If, if that sort of thing happens, champions league's a huge deal for, um, Fringe clubs, as as uh, United knows, from being in there for the last. I mean, if you really years. think about it, this is this is really worse than match fixing or using steroids. Well, it's worse than match fixing because of the effect like, it could like, have on other, other people. Yeah, people? because you're endangering everybody else. Like you're endangering people's health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they they're saying now they're way. actually they're actually saying now, and I'm 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 reading another article about it that. They it's actually been multiple matches that he's he's oh, played wow. he played against uh so he wasn't called up for Wednesday's game against Zenit for for undisclosed reasons. <laughs> okay. But the previous week they he played against Bologna, but then also held out the midweek match against Bruges for undisclosed reasons. It's real oh, shady. boy. So they're trying to like avoid an international like thing, right? Because yeah. there's probably there's other, probably other legal ramifications from that, but they're letting him play in the Serie A games, so yeah. it, it's in and they knew he tested positive. It's crazy. 
what, yeah, yeah, I, add all that I don't into, think there's really any why debate. Why would you think you would get away with it? You know? Like, also, too, what's the point of doing that? They're doing international break now, so it doesn't matter. You play these guys who are on international teams that are now traveling. Yeah. The exposure level is just, it's multiplied, and they knew the whole time. That's so I dumb. think relegation is like very much on the table. Yeah. This is the dumbest international break. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I think I, I just I can't see them doing that. They barely did it for an elaborate match fixing scheme. <laughs> so I don't I don't think they'll do it for this. Um but I could see them taking points away. Um, and that's a big deal. That's that's not obviously not as big of a deal as relegation, but it's it's big enough. I mean, if it if it ends up being something where they it were, might knock them out of Champions League, it definitely position. would for sure. Um, and if it ends up being something where it was, was something that was you know well thought, well not well thought through, but but like planned ahead of time <laughs> and whatnot. Um, I mean, I think you take that into account too. But you know, guys, I think we're usually disappointed by how the Italians handle their disciplinary breaches. So. I'm not holding my breath for them to do anything that's actually, uh, you know, that matches the crime here, but definitely something to consider. And that, that, you know, I don't want to talk too much about the international break. Cause I, I just think I'm really biased against them. I just hate them. They start, they clog up my, my soccer life and I go into the next weekend. Very sad, James, you know, there's mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, I guess I'll watch football on Sunday and uh, nothing on Saturday, you know, like it's all, and yes, in this climate, in this climate, it's it seems like maybe maybe the most irresponsible thing you could do. Yeah. International travel to go play a game where it's crazy. You're gonna have all these infection vectors and people playing. Obviously, they're not playing with masks or any kind of protection, right? So it's like yeah. a lot of these games are friendlies too. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It is it's so literally don't matter. Stupid. Yeah. So me- dumb. Meanwhile, Liverpool uh, after TAA got injured. After TAA got injured today, they're like, "Oh, um, you know, he'll probably be out for like two to three weeks or so, uh, uh, but, but it'll be during the international break, so no biggie." Sounds like a sounds like a nice way to get out of it. Although I'm sure TAA did not want to leave the field in the Manchester City match. Um, but yeah, I mean, the bright side of that is, you know, if I'm from Liverpool, I'm like, well, he can't get COVID if he's at home. Hopefully, unless Kyle Walker is having more sex parties. Um, all right, guys. So we'll finish up here with the. I mean, we got an international break staring ahead of us. Uh, James, what are you going to do with your time on the international break? I think I'm going to take a long, hard look at my life and reset my priorities. Um, maybe get into cooking a little bit more. Um, yeah, uh, probably it. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, Dr. Pete, what are you doing on your international break? Uh, I'm going to be watching. City film Ooh. for the next two weeks. Um, coming up with some tactics, trying to figure out how to break down the back line, which has been better for them lately. Are you going to send your notes into uh, Mourinho? I'm going to send some notes into Mourinho, <laughs> and I'm going to be ready Saturday the 21st, 12:30 p.m. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that game, so I'm not just going to take it easy. Oh boy, um, that's uh, Pep okay. really has Mourinho's number. Always and has. yeah, that has been true in the past. We'll see. Tottenham uh, hope springs eternal over there in Mourinho's second year. As we all know, Mourinho is a hero in his second year before he burns a building down. 
Um, for my international break, um, I'll probably be making my kids do training two to three hours a day to make up the difference and to get their energy out so that they don't uh, wreck my house worse than they already have. Um, You're not going to well, keep them playing uh, Ghostbusters? No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they built uh, proton packs out of vacuum cleaners, which was really fun. And then um, I realized that they broke the vacuum cleaner. So <laughs> now, I have to, now I have to buy a new vacuum cleaner. But uh, yeah, we'll do some training. Um, I'll probably egg Ken's house anonymously at some point um, yeah. during the break. Oh, uh, call, me, call me when you do that. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll pick you up and we'll, we'll egg Ken's house, uh, you know, in broad daylight. <laughs> I'm sure Ken will appreciate that. All right, guys, anything else to add? James? Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm happy that the team is gelling. I'm happy Jesus is back. I'd like to have Aguero back, but, uh, Laporte and Diaz look good in defense and I'm ready for Tottenham. I'm ready for the rest of the league. Go city. We're going to win this thing. Let's go, baby. Come on. Come on. All right, Pete. Top of the table. As of this morning for about an hour, Pochettino never was top of the table. Really? Is that in true? Even time. in that Leicester year? That is 100% true. Oh, gross. It's really gross. Hard to believe. Well, it's not that hard to believe. Feeling good going the international break. Looking forward to the City game. All right, Ken, are you on too much of a delay to Go get tots. your actual opinion uh, on, on anything else you want to add? I'd like to go without a loss, but, you know, wasn't meant to be. So uh, in a couple weeks' time, we'll get momentum back. Yeah. Um, international breaks are stupid and I hate them. See you guys in two weeks.